Subscribers got their copies through this thing we called Post, albeit not exactly on time every month. Over two years, 24 singles were released, some to widespread acclaim, some selling out completely, some getting played on the radio, some being totally ignored. Rolling Stone magazine, that glossy American staple thing, called us the best singles club in the world. So thanks to them, Greg, Kerry, Baz and Hugh moved offices from the student ville of Cate's to the bay. Purely on the grounds it made them look cooler. And the rent was cheaper. Proper singles, EPs and albums soon followed. So that is a, a press release of five years of booby trap, everybody. Oh my God. So that was uh, 15, 16 years ago. It was five years ago. Bloody hell. Mental. It, it was a very, very condensed version, wasn't it? It was. Uh, <laughs> pretty, uh... That's why we're doing this podcast, case to elaborate on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. So, how did we all meet, though? That's the first thing. So, how did we all kind of? Uh, can anyone remember how the four of us met for the first time? Well, I remember meeting you because you came into Big Noise to record with the Void, was it? Yeah. And Hugh was managing yeah. you. And Hugh was 14 years old. And I was I've like, still got the flyer. Holy I've shit, the their flyer. manager's 14. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought, their manager's 14 years old. Who manages a band at 14? It's like... Well, Baz was 14 as well. We were all 14. Man. Um, did, and did, I met did, you, Greg, the same way as you met Baz, because I brought Picnic into Big Noise to record. You mm. did, So we knew, yeah. we knew of you. So when Baz and myself were living together in a flat above Pizza Express on High Street... Um, and doing things like, you know, well, like normal 18-year-olds do, and uh, doing, like, this was the first booby trap in a bag. Oh, yeah. So this was, like, a bag oh, full of... Oh, fancy. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so it was a bag of flyers. Baz and I would go to gigs, leave them in venues. It contained things like a Dorero okay. flyer uh, for the album, which came out on a label called Big Noise. Yeah. Are you there a was it was definitely, I remember, like, Greg and Kerry, you two were, like, a pretty, like, for us, it was quite a big deal, you know, that you had this studio and you were working with, like, our, you know, heroes. It was like, wow, this was, it was, like, a pretty big deal going to the studio and thinking, oh, my God, you know, these bands have recorded. We'd, I think We'd just done a bit of stuff. We'd done, we'd done a fair bit of um, releases, and I think that was, that was one of the main reasons, wasn't it? We'd done, like, the Dorero stuff. Patrick Jones stuff and that, and um, so we were seen Pink as assassin. like Pink Assassin, of course. Yeah. We were seen yeah. as having, having like a, maybe maybe a way in to getting your stuff released. And we had just and we had distribution of and course. all that stuff set yeah. up, so this, yeah. that that was kind of handy too. So yeah, I still remember at the time, Greg. We we were like we we'd done a few releases and we were like kind of thinking like, oh, this is this is hard hard slog, you know. Yeah, you got to be like yeah. crazy to do this kind of stuff. And then these two turned up. With an idea of doing like one a month, forever, <laughs> forever <laughs> single yeah. a month forevermore. Youthful enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, like we probably tried to put, put it, probably tried to put put them off, but yeah. they weren't having it. So, well we, well, we were like, you know, we were like, only only an idiot would do that. When did we start? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as Baz says, like we were in awe because you were working with the Manix and the Furries and all these cool bands and you were out at gigs as well. So we came to you asking for advice. So when, I remember it, Baz, when Kerry and Greg said, oh yeah, we'll help you, we like, couldn't believe our luck, could we? Yeah, what the hell? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, amazing. And you had an office as well. It was like, wow, this office 
in it was in Roth, wasn't it? Cateys. Yeah, because because Big Noise had closed, it got, it got purchased by the by Cardiff Bay and and closed down. So we had to move all the gear somewhere, and uh, so yeah, we had that office. Yeah, in um, yeah, just off off City Road or something, wasn't it? And do you remember Cat Cat and Tony used to store the gear downstairs? Do you remember we had a little garage? Yeah, builder's <laughs> garage. And then they, they were like, you know, they were doing really well. And so, have you got like a bit of space we can use? So they came in. Um, but as a studio, we didn't have a working outlet, did we? So, um, no. So, so, so yeah. all the, yes. So, all the, we never did any of the booby trap stuff at Big Noise. It was all yeah. done at like Famous. And, but yeah, because we, we had a budget of £200 per single for recording costs, didn't we? We did. So, can you remember? It was the summer 2000. I, I think that's when it like, it, it was born because I remember the, the booby trap gig the Murray the Hump gig was like maybe May 2000 when, when was the the first booby trap gig in Jesus, Club of Bonds you, right. you'll have the flyer yes that's right yeah so that was the first and I remember going there with you Hugh and that's where wow this band called Murray the Hump yeah. kind of um, who else was on that bill was it, it Jeff it, it was it just says booby trap presents Murray the Hump Club of Bonds it was May 26th in the year 2000. And then the next flyer is is um, them at Club with Rising Damp, who were designers oh, yeah, in Cardiff. Because yeah. oh, yeah. me and Baz did the um, Big in Japan night with them at the... Um, yeah, of course. At the Model Inn. But there was a... Tying in with those gigs, Murray the Hump supported a band called Hefner um, as well. And basically there was a label in Oxford called Shifty Disco and they were releasing oh, right, the Murray yeah. the Hump single and I remember me and Baz thinking why is the label from Oxford doing this? Like, you know, why isn't there a singles club in 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 Cardiff doing it? And um, and so we've, I've got a, the next flyer is Tommy and the Chauffeur um, wow. playing a booby trap gig at Sam's Bar which was at the top of Mill Lane at the top of uh, St Mary Street oh the booby trap booby trap logo and everything yeah. so the, the logo had been born by then booby bars so yeah so, so I reckon from May until November a lot of stuff must have happened in between then we would have met you decided on setting it up yeah. like all of that jazz gone I remember I was working in had a job in the assembly I think and I like came to work a few days in the office or something and then that's pretty much was when it started, and I think we put the first one out in November. There must have been a lot of work into... Well, yeah, because we... Well, we'd have to have recorded the Tommy and the Chauffeur single at some point then. And, um, yeah, because we did, we did two days at Famous doing that, and I remember because their, their drummer wasn't available, so I ended up playing drums on the single as well. <laughs> of course you did. As well as <laughs> producing it. <laughs> it was like, you know... It, yeah, Get in there. So it was... It was it was all hands on deck and um, yeah, and we'd have done the designs for the, and, and figured out how to do the sleeves and all that, you know, that, that a multiple sleeve thing where we, you know, it was quite well organised considering. <laughs> it's, po- it's probably worth pointing out at this point that it was a CD singles club for, for any younger podcast listeners listening to this, streaming didn't exist. If you wanted to own it, you had to go to the shop and spend four quid or something on a CD single or, which is what we did, get it through the post so people would subscribe did we do that off from the off Kerry yeah um yeah I think so yeah I, th- I think subscriptions were there from the first first month yeah but it was also like a, the, the, the idea I think your idea initially was that um, we would have a thousand it would be a thousand copies each month 
and we would have a thousand subscribers so those are the guys who would get this limited thing obviously we didn't quite get a thousand subscribers <laughs> <laughs> some way off that so we ended up yeah. like with, with with a fair amount of copies that we could send to shops it's pretty interesting that we were doing subscription models that early on that 20 years ago we it's, were we were called, pioneers it's called sas sas so that that first release would have come out in November, but we we actually were quite we had like a plugger, we had a PR person because the first one like smashed it, didn't it? The first one got to number two. Tom in the Chauffeur got to number two in the indie charts, which it did. You know that's quite good for a first ever we, release. We, we all thought it was going to be easy, didn't we? Ian? we we was like this. This is uh, uh, yeah. went all right. I suppose yeah, I, it was the start yeah. of a new millennium as well. I hadn't thought about mm. this before, but the year 2000, obviously we were living in it, but looking back, it was like, there was like an optimism in the air, I think, wasn't there? So having Tommy and the show for go to number two in the indie charts and selling it really well and getting loads of press, as you say, it was like, yeah, of course, yeah. why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how I remember thinking that. Yeah, of course yeah. it's number, number two. Also, because it was like, you know, it was it was a, it was on. The, you know, after all, those Welsh bands had broken through, and there was an acceptance that Wales was, a, you know, a place where really good music could come from. I think if we'd have done it ten years earlier, it would have been a much harder ask. And I think, you know, I think that just being on the, you know, at the end of all that sort of really big, sort of important time for Welsh music, kind of helped that people were looking at what we were doing there. Did and didn't we put a booby trap gig in chapter then in December? Because I think that's when I met Martin Carr for the first time. Right. Wasn't there a gig in chapter? Is that where you, is that, that where, is that is that where you had the argument with Justin Hawkins in the toilets? I don't know. <laughs> no, that was at the point. Did oh, there was the darkness gig at the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Slight, slightly late there. Yeah, yeah. I had, well, I had a lot, lot of arguments with people actually during the booby trap. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always remember Bradfield saying to me, that Baz, he's a feisty little bastard, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually said that to me recently. I was like, yeah, okay, mate. I was young. I was young. Just give me a break. <laughs> Do you know what I think with that, with that first one as well? I think I just want to say the, um, that Tommy Nishofer single was a really good single, wasn't it? And uh, it was, I think it surprised yeah. a lot of people. And, um, and that helped like propel... The whole thing, I think. Do you remember? Because obviously we got interest from um, one of the labels and stuff, got a little bit of finance towards doing later issues, whereas we would have probably been probably struggled a bit more, I think, if that hadn't come in. But Tom and Yusufa kind of set SFM came on board as well, didn't they? And, 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 yeah, and playlisted and it and stuff. Pluggers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we kind of... Because the, the funding of... really, that was... Obviously, you, Greg, were instrumental in that, really, weren't you? But it was that was... Um quite crazy that was like the snowball effect it felt like yeah. yeah shit the first single goes in at number two and suddenly we're like getting interest from yeah. labels we've got distribution I, I, it's called i just try I, product market fit. i just i just try i just thought because there was it had caused so much of a stir the tommy and the chauffeur single why not go and see if we can get some finance and who better to go because i've been working on the manix I've been working on Know Your Enemy for the Manic, so I thought Michael's like today. The thought of just go calling up and going to see Rob Stringer seems bizarre because he now runs Sony worldwide, doesn't he? So I'll just go and see Rob. So I just I just made an appointment, went to see him, said, "Can we have some money?" And he said, "Yes." I mean, literally, it was like a five minute meeting, <laughs> and I came out. I was a bit shell shocked and thinking, oh "My God, it's like we just got some money for the label." It was, but I mean, it was it wasn't a ton of money, but it was thousand quid a month or something it was enough yeah just it? sort yeah, of like it really was a help and and 
And in return, we had to make sure that Sony heard the, the releases first, so they could, yeah. you know, we, yeah. became, we became a kind of an A&R feeder label for Sony, essentially. And I see... And I, I seem to remember me and Hugh going down this like six months later. And didn't Rob? Was didn't he shout at you in the uh, in the uh, kitchen or something in the canteen? When are you going to find me a hit record? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did he know? Yeah, because after yeah. Tommy Chauffeur, we you know we got the funding and then we deliver him singles by MC Mabon, Gordon Weaver, and a song about Western Avenue, the busiest road in Cardiff, which probably was confusing for the head of Sony yeah. at the time. He probably was wondering what am I getting involved in here? Yeah, um, but again, great. Um, El Gudo, Dorero, and I suppose doing Dorero's uh, single, it was kind of a no-brainer because of Kerry and your, yours, Greg's like relationship with them since Big Noise. Yeah, there were some bands that were kind of obvious that we should do, but there was also the bands that Baz would go and find on the bottom of the bill at club at like seven p.m. on a Wednesday, and like I think El Gudo were one of those bands. They were, yeah. And like, like for me, that's still one of the best singles we did, and. Like I still I put it on the other day and I said, God, it still sounds amazing too, that track. their best stuff as well you know they peaked really there it was just you know absolutely everyone was really into that weren't they yeah it's a brilliant single they, they did a vinyl version of it really stayed in japan and stuff didn't they and then when they did um uh when they did a full-blown album themselves a few years later they still kept one of the tunes reworked it but um but yeah i still think that moment where they did those two tracks which i think you recorded in famous greg did you i did yeah and it was just all all done to tape like just the band playing pretty much live and and I still, I often put it on and think, God, tape sounded great. You know, this, I, I've, I've always been a bit of a sort of fought back against the idea of kind of like, it was over romanticised, but I put that on and go, yeah, that really just, but they, it's all, you know, the band played great and, the, and, and it was such a great song. And they had that kind of Jesus and Mary Chain thing as well, which was really cool. So, yeah. And there were so many good records that we put out. It's like, it's, it's been quite a revelation going back and listening to them all again. Mm. I've just counted, boys, and there's only five of the 24 singles bands still going, El Gudo uh, being one of them. But back to Tommy and the Chauffeur, James Chant was probably the most released yeah. booby trap artist. <laughs> was. Was he yeah, if there wasn't a booby trap singer without James Chant on, it was a bit of a surprise, <laughs> a bit of a shock. <laughs> Because he was in um, Small Victories and you, we did an album we with did. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there was an EP as well, the Kids Chorus EP. Did we do that on Booby Trap as well? Yeah, yeah. and that was amazing. Yeah. That was uh, and cool. also they concluded the um, the Booby Trap single. They did. Number, single yeah, number did. 24, as, I, as yeah. I had to be reminded of the other day because I couldn't remember that one. I was missing <laughs> from my collection for some reason. How many did yeah, you that do? Was, what, how many singles? Sing, aside from all the other stuff, singles. 24. Yeah. So we yeah. over over how many years? Three years? Two years. <laughs> Greg, yeah. two years? Everyone knows this. We we always put them out on time. It was one a month. We never went over. We, it wasn't that we'd release one and then another one three months later. <laughs> okay. It was every okay, month. Well, okay. It was over three years then. <laughs> yeah. it, it were, let's face it, from the second single, we were behind. Yeah, we were. Yeah. 
But you know, we had to, we had to, how behind we had were to we make though? Them. Are we talking like a month? Yeah, we or released something? number twenty-four last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had to make the single. We had to record the songs, physically make the singles, and and sit in the office, Baz, and bag them all up. And it was like you know, kids today don't know they're born. It was tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's a different world, isn't it? Like everything's changed, isn't it? Well, um, can I just say again, yeah, Greg, you're you're forgotten about that bit, but we did literally again. What an unbelievably ridiculous idea that uh, <laughs> this was, but we literally had to bag each copy ourselves, didn't we? Because they all came on generic discs. I mean, we usually let Baz do it, but yeah. So to do that, we had to stick a barcode them on the back, send them all back to the distributors. Send them oh out yeah, we had to physically stick a barcode on, like every yeah, single. I seem to remember not being in at the start, not being into the yeah. packing, and there was a bit of like I remember yeah. getting an email from Greg saying, "Baz, <laughs> you need to come to the office. We're packing all the CDs, and you haven't, you know." Oh, you? Shit, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I think I made up for it later though. But uh, yeah, perhaps I was a bit slow, and I could. Uh, in fact, can I just apologise for that now that I didn't perhaps pack. <laughs> Yeah. I think you made lot you, did, yeah. yeah. You made up for it this week, didn't you, with yeah. all the uploads and stuff? I guess so. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Get it's you, not like I've got anything around. else to do. This was around the time that I, I lent I just you do... twenty quid, and you never ever paid me back. Let no, me just... I didn't. Know. Oh, here we go. I knew <laughs> this would come up because I Greg oh, let me gosh, twenty quid. Twenty years quid. later, and, and, I, and it, Greg oh. said to me, he reminded me about the twenty quid, and I said to him. Just to let you know, Greg, I will never pay that twenty quid back. <laughs> and, you were, and you were a man of your word. <laughs> Fuck! What would that be with interest now? Twenty years of interest yeah. and inflation. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's all right, Baz. I forgive you. It's okay. It's okay. So I guess it was two thousand and one. We were rocking. We'd released. Um, El Gudo, and then what's the Dorero single? Obviously, a bit of a backstory there, as in you guys had released them through Big Noise uh, previously, and they were at their peak at this point as well. They were very popular, you know, they play gigs, uh, well-attended gigs, and I think, personally, the single that we released for them was their best um, single again, you know, I think it was their... There's a theme here, Baz, there's a theme here. <laughs> no, I think it was, we struck on gold, because that got... Um, that got really good radio play, didn't it? And I, I don't know whether or not it was that that was their best radio play they achieved, but I seem to remember it getting played, Mark and Lard playing it or something, which is quite a big deal back then, you know. So I, I remember um, they did a gig with um, in Club Bark and John Peel was down to see them. It was part of, um, might have been the Music Week thing that was done that year. The, the, the and, Radio uh, 1 so it was thing. a really yeah, yeah, packed yeah. gig and he was watching them at the front and they were playing that song and stuff. And um, Ariel Anger was that single, wasn't it? But yeah, it was, it was probably a little bit different to the other acts because I think the idea of the label and certainly, like say, when you're talking about like what, like Rob's... Um, interest was in the label was for it to be new acts wasn't it that was that was what we were trying to do but of course like you know debut singles ideally 
and this wasn't this was our first one which wasn't a de- debut single if you know what I mean but um, yeah. but I think it was justified and not the last <laughs> not the last yeah but it's justified because it was really good and they were in a good place at the time and obviously he was there and they, they, they did these songs especially for the single not off not songs off an album if you see what I mean stuff like that but yeah I, I think that was always the idea when it just, just 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 fresh new singles same with the follow up then which was what Zabrinsky uh, Zabrinsky yeah man Zabrinsky. Now, that is yeah, their best singer yeah. to date. I agree with that, absolutely. I remember going to watch uh, um, Zabrinsky play in Amsterdam with Martin Carr, and we were in the dressing room before, and Matthew Durbridge, just what a legend, was, we were playing the piano bit from, uh, you know, da, 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 uh, Freedom of the Highway, and Huey from the Fun of... Do you remember? They, they were in the dressing room next door, Huey from the Fun Loving Criminals or something, and... Uh, yeah, it was quite a, a, a an amazing kind of uh, amazing wow. thing to watch because that was just such a good song, such a good song. They wow. they, they yeah, played the yeah. um, we put them on, didn't we? A chapter, I think, on the MC Marbon release, supporting Marbon. Yeah, that's and weird. we saw them, and we that was the first time we'd heard that song. It was a new song, and and Matthew was sitting down doing the keyboard part, and it wasn't wasn't he rather than being stood up yeah. and stuff. And we all kind of said the same thing, like, oh, you know. That's the one we'll try and get. Let's yeah. release that. Yeah. There's the um, flyer for that gig from the 22nd of March. Um, oh, wow. I've got the uh, I've got the full colour expensive version and the photocopy wow. black and white version. Uh, all of these will be going up on Instagram. And just a re- I'm just going to jump in on the reminder that all of the singles we're talking about are streaming now. Uh, as of now, on Spotify and your favourite streaming. So if you're hearing about a song or a band and you haven't heard it, go and listen to them because that's why they're all up there and that's why all the singles are up there. But, um, yeah, Zabrinsky, oh, my God, happy days. And the John Peel. Um, Can you remember the John Peel session where he read out that press release about... And uh, Zabrinsky is... I remember, is, I wrote a, a press release which said, uh, Zabrinsky... Sabrinsky is fronted by singer-songwriter Matthew Durbridge. Whilst at school, Durbridge trained to be a jockey and at one point was one of the most <laughs> promising jockeys in Carmarthenshire. However, he opted for music and is now in possession of a £10,000 a week gambling addiction. And John Peel read this out and Matthew is in his living room in Carmarthen with his mum and dad. The crown, the, the, the crown jewels, Matthew is, uh, yeah, and, and John Peel had read this about them. Oh brilliant, my God. brilliant, <laughs> amazing. I remember Kerry had John Peel's mm. home address yeah. from the Big Noise Day, so you could yeah, post yeah. him. Yeah, I went, I went, away, went, went there Kerry? later on as well. Visited him there and stuff, and um, yeah, which was an amazing thing. Well, with singles? Well, no, no, <laughs> no. But he said, "Oh, you're the guy who sends me all the singles," but. Um, yeah, and it was, it was amazing because we did, did a couple of sessions from, from his house later on, you know, with um, Super Furry Animals did one and Gorky's, I think, did one as well. But, uh, yeah, amazing. But you're saying the, um, the, um, the first four, well, all those bands got Peel sessions, didn't they, pretty much, as, on the back of a single. Mabon, Mabon did one, yeah. Did uh, they? El Goodo did one. Didn't El Goodo got in trouble there, didn't they, or something? They got... <laughs> wound up the engineers or whatever got really drunk or something. I think so, yeah. I think we had a complaint in the office or something. Like an email from Radio 1. Um, uh, after Zabrinsky, it was the, the, loves. the Loves, Little, go- oh, little Girl Blues, single. She'll Break yeah. Your Heart. I oh. love The Loves, like the indiest band ever. Uh, Simon Loves a Genius. And then Brave Captain. Actually, probably Brave Captain was the only non 
uh, Welsh <laughs> artist that we released, possibly. Yeah. Oh, and Johnny Boy Baby. Yeah. But, uh, that was that song. Yeah. That, I th- that is just. I was listening to it the other day. I mean, what a tune. The Corporation Man. I don't know how long he had that song for, but that is just it just how, takes me. How, right how did we end up? How did we end up finding Martin? How, how did he? How did he get? Did he get in touch with us or something? How did that happen? Well, we fa- we, we found him in the city arms, <laughs> and then we just hung around with him every night for five months, asking for stories about the Boo Radleys and Oasis. Yeah, go on, Martin. Tell me another Oasis story. <laughs> yeah, he was he was living in Cardiff at the time when we when he saw we got um we got lucky with that one. But I remember he'd um there was like a bit of stuff because he was still quite a you know uh, an influence with his uh, from his Boo Radley's days and stuff. And obviously the single was Corporation Man, wasn't it? There was a lot of talk about whether it was um, aimed at Alan McGee. And uh, do you yeah. remember we had a press officer who was really keen to sort of like go with that angle, and he Andy said, like, I can, get, I can yeah. get a lot of um, get a lot of like stuff for you here, you know, a lot of leverage here if you if you tell it. But Martin was like not having it at all, you know, like no, I'm not telling you what it's about. But you know, so we have to. Um... Didn't we have to get permission to use the sample on there as well? And and didn't or didn't Martin write and get permission? Because there was some oh. debate at the time whether we could use it or not. Because. There's that whole that all that spoken word stuff on there. Who was who? Who was it? Who was doing the spoken Ch- word? Chomsky, yeah. isn't it? All oh, right, yeah. and didn't oh, it? Martin didn't didn't he write to him and he got a letter back saying it was all right to use it? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, he so, did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it did. Which is crazy. Definitely did. If you think about it. But I remember, I remember being at a furries gig, and again, the Rob Stringer was there, and I was saying, "Oh, what do you think of the?" Brave Captain was released, and he was saying, "Yes, it's good, but this isn't the idea." He said, "I know Martin can write it." He said, "I want you to find me new people, not Martin, Martin Carr, who years. is a very good songwriter." Yeah. So like, All right, sorry. Right. That's uh, funny. We yeah. could, have, yeah, we should have just gone. Uh, the next single's by a little band called Manic Street Preachers, Rob. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that nearly did happen, didn't it? I remember there were some discussions about possibly doing a booby trap single. Was it with the, with the man? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Never kind say of, never. It, never say never. It was kind of. Never say never. If you listen, points. if you're listening, boys. <laughs> if yeah. you're listening, it was. Boys. <laughs> it was probably just a, a four or five beers down at the Welsh club. You know, it's like I'm sure it was never really going to happen, but it was definitely talked about in between kind of drunken nights out and. Curries yeah. and all kinds of stuff, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Still Sadly, time. that didn't happen. Still time. Yeah, still it time. Didn't uh, didn't happen. But we got McCluskey, and that was a scoop. Was, was that it? the next one? Uh, Number eight? Wow. Yeah, that yeah. was the next one. Yeah. Who, yeah, who you know, yeah, yeah. loves Brilliant. song for a Mexican. Yeah. So, Baz, th- this is the one that came back from the CD manufacturers, and they'd spelled booby trap wrong. They'd spelled yeah. booby tra. I was in a without... conversation at Kerry Ed with Aston. Aston. <laughs> I know we haven't paid your invoice for seven months. But still, you're taking the piss, mate. Literally. You're, you're taking the pee out of booby trap, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But I remember 
So they arrived, <laughs> it was like, oh my God. And it was actually quite a high pressure release because obviously yeah, they were yeah, quite high profile yeah. at the yeah, time. Right. I remember, remember Andy Falcus coming to meet me outside the flat and give me the miserably giving me the CD and uh, going upstairs and playing it for the first time and just blowing my mind yeah. as to how good it was. Just thinking, oh my God, yeah. this is just like... Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? So it's, um, good. That was, that was a rare one that Greg didn't do as well, wasn't it, Greg? That was a Richard Jackson production, I think. Um, yeah, Richard Jackson. Is that, Rich did quite a lot of the singles. I mean, I started off where I, I produced most of them just because of the convenience and cost and everything. But yeah, I think The Lovers was the first one I didn't produce. And then there was a whole section with Brave Captain and, uh, and, uh, and McCluskey. I saw McCluskey play in New Zealand like a, a year or so ago. And it was so. It was. It was like being in in Club Yuva back again in the of two thousand and one. It was just like it was so good to see them play here, and it was a really great crowd. It was. Um. It was amazing. Just a really packed out and, yeah. Falcus was on fire. It was really. And then he left his guitar in Auckland, so I had to bring it back to Cardiff when I came. Classic Falcus. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard about that. They, I, no, yeah, they, yeah. they swapped. Well, oh. they, they they took the hire company's guitar back to back to to. Cardiff and left their guitar in Auckland so I literally had to sort of ferry these guitars back and forth from New Zealand back to Cardiff again I saw Andy Falcus recently actually in in my local in East Dulwich in London he just walked in I was like bloody hell what are you doing in here <laughs> it's very strange but, um, he wasn't looking for royalties was he <laughs> yeah he was looking for me yeah. looking for money <laughs> Um, another thing with that single was because uh, they just did uh, they went in with Steve Albini didn't they and did an album with him in Chicago I think so it was a big yeah. coup for them and album went really well but they I'm pretty sure they used Richard's versions our version our version on, on the album as well yeah so we need to have a word with them about ah, okay. that <laughs> yeah they didn't credit us did they, 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 they no, I'm it. pretty sure they used it but yeah which was uh, yeah. if you're listening single, boys yeah. we're still here Oh, we forgot to say the punchline to the singles, the McCluskey singles coming back without a pea in the booby tra, was we went out and bought dried peas and every CD came with a dried pea in the post <laughs> uh, to make up for the booby trap, didn't it? Just to conclude that story. We, yeah, we, and who was after that then? McCluskey. Did, did we... Big co- Eves. Did we, did we not cover Johnny Boy? Did we, did we skip over them? No, that's... No, that's, they're still to come. Right. I haven't got, I haven't got, the, yeah, I haven't got still the, uh, the, the discography in front of me. Oh, who was next then? Sorry. It was Big Leaves after that with Electromagnetic Pollution. Again, I think they probably released a few singles with like Town Hill Music and a few other labels and like um, uh, Connell's yeah. label and things like that. But um, they were just like yeah, a no-brainer, yeah, yeah. weren't they, these bands? But it was a bit... We did debate this at the time, I remember. It's like, should we be do? I think we'd sort of started to think about Stringer a bit and it's like, do we... Should we be doing a Big Leaves single? Because they yeah, were all quite well-established. And I think we debated it for quite a long time. Yeah, I... yeah. Well, you say well established, but it's all various. Isn't it? Like they weren't Pink, Pink Floyd. <laughs> no, Do you no, know what no. I mean? They were still, no. they were still new, and, and we still loved them. And I don't think Big Leaves. I can't remember Big Leaves doing a gig for Booby Trap. Can you? No, I remember. I remember doing an impression of the singer a lot. You remember that, Kay? <laughs> no. Yeah. Don't bring me into it. No, 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 no. no. no um... Uh, we didn't do a gig, no, we didn't do a gig. I don't think so. I don't think so. so they still owe us a gig? Yeah. But they need to reform and do us a gig. If you're watching this, Big Leaves, how are you doing? We need you to do a gig, reform, in Club of Bach. I know there's a virus, there's corona and all that, but you owe us a gig, it's the rules, OK? 
And if the singer can't do it, Baz will step in. Step in, yeah, yeah. Just one thing on the Big Leaf single, I actually thought, I yeah. actually preferred the B-side or the double A-side, Paladino's Pills. It was always my favourite yeah. of the two songs. It's just a really cool, mm. tra- isn't it about a footballer or something? It's a really cool mm. track. Yeah, it's, um, and, I, and when I yeah, listened to it the other really day, cool. it was like, you know, I'd I, I like to lecture on my electric pollution, but there's something really cool about Paladino's Pills. It's a cool, cool song. No, it's, a, you know, it's great, isn't it? Because it's funny, because it's two songs per CD, and looking back at it now, I think at the time, I thought a singles club was quite throwaway. It's like, oh, it's going to be one a month for how you know for years and years and years so we can be quite but of course it wasn't throwaway because the singles club only lasted for two years so every release obviously is obviously everyone was hugely important but there was a sense with the singles club that um it, that you know it was quite yay another single woohoo yeah, yeah. what's going to be next yeah it's big leaves you know <laughs> it's like lot, lots of fun and it's like kibare's brave captain but i suppose that came with downloads, didn't it? Like ten years later, with streams and with like instant grat tracks, it's like yeah, single. That was the real kind of really quick culture. We weren't quite there with the singles club. Do you know what I mean, or not? Yeah, no, I'm I, not no, sure. Yeah. Do you know what he means? Let's move on. Because, because, because yeah, because of, yeah. I, I, I uh, agree with you, Hugh. I, th- I think it, 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 it was, it was definitely. How we felt about the at the time is much different to how we look back at it in retrospect. Because yeah, it was meant to go on forever. Yeah, we couldn't have carried that on forever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we couldn't because Greg, Greg, Greg moved to New yeah, Zealand, exactly, so it wouldn't yeah. have been possible. Greg, where are you? Um, so, Cubare. I have to admit, I think this is one of my favourite singles. I, I really do think that we struck gold with. I don't know, I have no idea what they did afterwards or if they, but that single. It was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? It was a bit of a sort of like, it came and went a bit like, you know what I mean? They um they weren't like part of like, they weren't mates of ours and stuff and it kind of, it kind of came in. They were Swansea, weren't yeah, they? From yeah, Swansea. Yeah, and um, did a great single and then disappeared again. Or, or am I wrong? Yeah. Because yeah. they've I done a few sessions right, at yeah. Big... They'd, we knew them from doing some the, sessions at Big Noise. They'd been in a few times and done some Big Noise sessions. Right, OK, yeah. While we still had the studio, yeah. And I think that's how we knew about them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's a great single, yeah, Yeah, and it gave us the title for the album, didn't it? For the compilation album. Yeah, Booby Traps. It's called Punk's Not Dead. It just sucks now. Yeah. God, when did we start thinking that we were going to release that album then, the compilation of, of the first year's singles? I think it might have been your idea, Ken. Was it? I don't know about that. Um, it's a beautiful looking CD. I have oh, to say, multicolored, really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've got loads of these. If anybody wants, I've one. got loads as well. Have you really? Who did who yeah. did all the design oh. stuff? Because it does look, it does all the, the all the packaging and the whole like the whole idea behind it. Rising damp. Yeah, it was really rising, really. Rising damp. It, it yeah, looks, yeah. still looks great. Yeah, from from, from the great. very beginning, they did it. Yeah, it was just, did some really great but stuff. One, one thing we haven't mentioned is the BoobyNet website. So we were like, there wasn't that many websites that existed at the time. It was like, you know, and we had this amazing website with a message board on it. Can you remember the BoobyNet message board? Wow. It was just hilarious. Yes. All the bands arguing. And can, can anyone remember the fish tank story? What was the fish tank story? You can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Someone, oh. a guy came up to me in a pub and said, uh, oh, that... Um, they're slagging me off on your message board. They're a guy called Ben, and um, 
a, a singer songwriter had seen that I'm in the pub with a girl. He'd seen that this the the um is all kicking off. Everyone's slagging him off on the booby net message board. And he said, "I'm gonna what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna pick you up and I'm gonna put your head through the fish tank." And I was like, well, how are you going to do that then? Because it's quite a big, thick fish tank, you know. And then he got dragged away. And then there was this big thing on the message board. How would you get Baz's head into a fish tank? And it was always yeah, it was crazy. Brilliant. I remember that now. That's what yeah. the internet was invented for, isn't it, basically? Uh, it was the gift they kept on giving. Yeah, just like hundreds of responses. Yeah, what you could do. I remember yeah. it. Um, it was really cliquey, wasn't it? It was really like Cardiff centric. Like it's like, oh my god, I saw so and so, you know, twisted by design in Dempsey's on Friday. It was like really, like, like really localized, wasn't it? I think the message board, which wasn't what we wanted to do no, with the label, no, was no. it? We wanted to take these bands round the world, and you know, we we, um, we just we just bred a whole a whole generation of internet trolls on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to know who we thanked in this singles club on, sleeve notes? Or who who didn't we thank? Chris McDonough. Who's Chris McDonough? He's the first person. Who's Chris? Don't know. Chris Chris from the Darwin Buds. He he was a master. I was going to say yeah. He 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 was from Le Mans Studio ah. Newport. Yeah, he used to be in the Darwin Buds. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Okay. Andy Edwards, Rich Jackson, John Rostra, Noel Gardner, Rob Stringer and Sony UK, Guitar Club, Emmett Angst Music, Rob Ash, Craig Tarrant and Zinc Splash, uh, Jason Two Pure, Mark Wichita, Spike John and Ross, aka Rising Damp, The Bard, Stuart Bridgman, John Pullman, Aston Key, Adam Walton, John Peel, Anita Kamath, Steve Lamarck, Connell Dodd, Powben Angst, Gareth Ryan and Shellshock, Radio Ed and Co., Nick Moore, MTH, I think that must be Murray the Hump, um, complete Control Music, Famous Studios, Loco Studios, T Droog Studios, Imtech Studios, and all the bands who appear on this compilation. Monkey Beers all around. That's wow, who we thanked. That was yeah. line, that wasn't that's it? a lot of people. We had a lot of people to thank. But that's what that's what was nice looking back at Booby Trap, especially looking back twenty years later like we do now, is like the memories, obviously the gigs, but also like the community of the music scene in not just in Cardiff, but across all of Wales. Like there was a lot of like little festivals, like Miri Mad Dog and the Steadvods, of course. And there was, you know, Greg and Kerry knew like the Furries, and you know, there was like and the Manic. So there was a real camaraderie, I think, in the music scene. Don't you think? I, I yeah. thought it was great. It was a really good time. It was a really having been around in sort of you know, around Cardiff since the mid eighties. It was like it was the it was the most exciting time for me for music in Wales. It was like, there was a confidence because we had success and there was a really good infrastructure, lots of people setting up labels and, and um, yeah, I was, and, it, and, and obviously your and Bethan's show as well was like a really big part of having a, you know, somewhere that where local bands could do sessions and Welsh bands could do sessions. Cause I recorded a ton of sessions for your, your and Bethan's show. And it was like, it was, um, yeah, it was, it just felt like a really vibrant time and it was fun and we, we all got, we all drank a lot and we went out a lot and it was, um, yeah, I have really fond memories of that period. It's, uh, it was a really good time and I was really, really fat as well. So I must have been enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> like someone sent me a photo from, from, somebody sent me a photo recently of me standing by the club, by the bar at club and I'm really, really fat. Like I must have just been eating and drinking like every, you know, Masses of stuff every every night of the week. It was a uh, good times. Born for I think, I think, I think that's because um, I think the main reason for that, Greg, was because we used to 
keep you in the studio, didn't we? We just used to lock you in the studio till you finished recording the sessions and just go and bring yeah, you big yeah. bags of crisps and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'll stop no at Pizza Chick on, on, pizza pizza chick pizza on the chick. way home. Yeah. Yeah. Way, yeah. Way, <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it still there? Is it still there? It is like there, pizza yeah. And fried chicken on, fri- pizza and fried chicken at 1am. Fun, funnily home. enough, I was there quite recently, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. We we still lock you in then. Finish the session. Same like the cockroaches for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Greg's catchphrase though? Uh, I'll have a so and so sandwich easy on the mayo. Wasn't that yeah, that was his bit, Greg. With, yeah. a, with a diet coke. Yeah. With a diet yeah. coke. No, this no, this was the, this was the new Greg. This is when Greg got healthy. That's what he used to say. Yeah, but I think yeah. I preferred. Yeah, I think you were better when you were like, yeah, it was out. Yeah, when I was fat. Yeah, when I, when I was I was yeah. pension pensioning in in, 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 the, in the in the weightier divisions. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking good greg looking good oh, wow. good times yeah. good times you are looking yeah, it was good, great man. it was great here it was a really amazing time and like i i've yeah it's yeah good time in my life that it, it's 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 quite easy to take it for granted as well at the time because it just seemed it just seemed to be happening didn't it and like um and like i say there was stuff happening on the bigger picture as well and we were going on tour and stuff with bands and bands breaking through and actually like on a smaller level just hanging out in the clubs and that just really exciting but you felt like it was going to last forever didn't it but it doesn't does it things change don't they you know and obviously yeah. especially when you look back at it now you know and it's um i still yeah i still love the gig nights when we used to put on the gigs carrying because obviously yeah. you had annie who was very little so yeah. you'd like it was like i couldn't relate to it you know i've got obviously kids now but um that you'd like come at eight o'clock and come and meet me and it was like you were just so excited to be out, you know, like, yes! What, to get out of the house, you mean? Yeah. And there's, yeah, and the doorman at club, and you'd always always arrive, and the doorman at club would be like, all right, you know, and you're like really organised, and, you know, this is the guest list, this is how I want it to be. And you, I always just wonder, then the state of us leaving at three o'clock, how on earth That's can you right. go from... This. And you particularly, Kerry, used to... Because we had the flat around the corner, so every gig we'd get cases of booze back to the flat to party. It was just absolutely... And every band passing through Cardiff would come to the flat. So I don't know who we had in that flat, who, but I think there was, like, um, some quite, like, well-known... Artists. I, I remember the Webb brothers, Jimmy yeah. Webson's, uh, yeah. pissing on our carpet one night. <laughs> I just remember walking to the living room, and one of the Webb brothers was just having a piss in the middle of the of the of the landing. But um, you know, happy. They were happy days. I found another flyer, Baz, and it says the monthly booby gigs where we launch each release have been messy, colourful affairs, permeated with lots of clapping. Uh, getting non-DJs to DJ is a booby trap speciality, as is staggering about drunk. <laughs> uh, that was actually that was like that was printed on an so, expensive so flyer. So unashamedly, yeah. <laughs> that's on the flyer. <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember. I yeah. remember with the, on the on the on the nights out at club. Me and Kerry had a, a cab account that was a tire from Big Noise. Oh God! And, and 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 then and, and then like a few days later, Kerry had phoned me up. What are all these? What are all these taxis you've been ordering? It's like basically, who wants to get home? And I'd like order about three or four cabs to sort of then put them all on her account, and then Kerry would just rag me out. I remember taking a load of money out of the out of the 
the big noise account one night. He maybe you maybe put it back in the account. It was account it number was ninety four, like, oh. wasn't it? Account number ninety four, <laughs> yeah. and like pretty much yeah, everybody yeah. in Cardiff knew the account number by the end, and like we're just like, <laughs> and oh, the I get you, yeah. yeah. And the password John was Pullman's always an, Arsenal, a taxi an Arsenal player. Back to <laughs> it was like, all you had to do was remember a name of a few of the current Arsenal players, and you knew what the password was. <laughs> Brilliant. You just go through yeah. them like Reyes or mm. like, you know, mm. like Henri or something and eventually <laughs> you get the password and you can book yeah. a cab. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry about that, Kerry. No. It's interesting, Nick, because obviously it was like pre-financial crash as well <laughs> and it was like the early 2000s. So I suppose there was generally just a bit more money around mm. to get... Uh, yeah. to I think get it caused the financial crash, didn't it? That probably Rob Stringer's argument, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Booby Trap Eleven was JT Mouse. Wow. Everybody, great. Yeah. Oh, Sun Drenched Torso. That's a great track. strong as well isn't he John Mouse still really yeah. some brilliant records talented guy yeah yeah absolutely and um, he had a couple of other sort of uh, who was in his band at the time a couple of other Mavericks wasn't it the Spencer McGarry Spencer was playing drums I think yeah, yeah. They, it, Sweet Baboo maybe Sweet Baboo Sweet Baboo might band. have been yeah I think he yeah. was wow. we were meant to right release a Sweet days. Baboo release a few um, years later as well it happened. and Mike from Zabrinsky maybe um Okay, so people yeah. have gone through JT uh, Moss. I remember his gig at club. I remember bits of it. He was like on his knees, holding a mic, right. dry ice everywhere. <laughs> kind of like, you know, quite sort of got a bit hippie like. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a good one. Mm. Baz saying then, oh, we were meant to release a Sweet Baboo single as well, Kerry. Got me thinking like yeah. the bands that we could have done. Like looking back oh, now, like, and, uh, and for ages after the Singles Club came to an end, like, you know, you'd hear like Boy Azuga quite recently and you think, oh, that would have been a yeah, lovely yeah, booby yeah, trap yeah, single, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would. Or, oh, imagine doing a Kate Le Bon single or a Los Campesinos single yeah. or something. Because H. Hawkeye was here, he used to say to me, oh, I just can't believe I didn't release anything on booby trap, you know. Mm. And Carwin Ellis, Carla Armit, like that yeah. was meant to happen right towards the end. I often think that Goldie yeah. looking chain as well. Why didn't we release anything by then? Oh, yeah. They probably weren't going when the singles no, club no, they was were, going. They were. Oh, were they? I remember an email coming through and it went to junk and it was from Reese, the, the guy from Goldie Looking Chain, saying something like... It went to the junk folder. Yeah, yeah. We never, we never found it. And he said, yeah, you asked him a direct question. He said, yes, I think. Yeah, why not? Let's do something. Obviously, by then, it, they'd, um, it, they'd gone on to be quite big and it never happened. But and we got we the Martini it. Henry Rifles, who were really good. Kill Summer, beep, shit was their single. And Texas Radio Band, that was a really good single as well, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they both were awesome. The Texas Radio Band one, particularly, I remember, I think this is when we started doing the Big in Japan nights as well, and we used to play that Texas Radio Band tune in the Big in Japan mm. nights, and it always used to go down very well. And I, I loved they. Yeah, I love that band, Texas Radio Band. Mini, what yes, a great, great legend. single. Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, just remind me of like a European band. I don't know why they did. They felt like they mm. like, like a Spanish mm. band, or I don't know. There was something about him mm. that I considered him to be this this you know. 
that it would appeal to people in Spain and France. I don't know what it was. There was something about him that was quite special. You know, wonder what he's doing now. Mini. I think he's moved to Spain. I think he. Yeah, I think he did move to Spain, and um, the singer of Pepe Pio, Aaron, went to live in Spain for a little bit as well. Uh, so there's a there's definite theme there. Um, yeah, Texas Radio Band. That single was brilliant. I remember Peel playing the Texas Radio Band single. I think yeah. it might have ended up in his Festive Fifty, the Texas Radio wow. Band single, yeah. one, um, which was really exciting at the time. So this is 2002 um, now, is it? I do like the yeah. Martini single. I was really. It's a bit like the Cubari single. It's really dirty and kind of like a great... And, and the McCluskey, mm, yeah. it's like, you know, McCluskey, Martin Henry Rifles, Cubare, they're all, they're all that kind of quite dirty, sort of, sort of you know, undergroundy kind of... They, they did quite well as they did quite well as well, Martinis, I think, at the time. That's yeah. one of the singles, I think, that oh, like, yeah. um, you know, because obviously we used to get um, records in from the distributor about, you know, what stuff was sold and what stuff. They've still got stock left and stuff, but that one went, I think, pretty quick. Yeah. I remember doing. I remember um, doing those tracks at Loco Studios as well. It was one of the few ones we did there, and yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, I, I was a great studio too. It was um, kind of yeah, I missed that place. It was really, it was really good. I saw Jason. He lived. Uh, the drummer lives in in Sydney, so I, I sometimes run to him when I'm over there, and uh, yeah, he always had fond memories of the uh, of that of that time because he went on to play for Pink Assassin as well, didn't he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What Jason played in Martini? Yeah, he was the drummer for Martini Henry yeah. Rifles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Of course. Right. Okay. And I think it was around about this time that bands started to go on tour with other bands. So, like for example, um, I seem to remember like booby trap bands would get chosen by the Gorkies or by the Furries to go on tour or to support them. So that like elevated their kind of people's awareness of them. I remember El Goodo playing in, um, and I remember this. You, it, we were by the side of the stage for the Furries gig. Um, you were the guitar tech carry as well, and I couldn't get over quite how much you were concentrating. I just, I remember it. I was like, Bloody hell, he's really taking this seriously. And I was like, Carry, carry, and you're like looking at me. And I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe he is concentrating because there's four thousand people there, and he's responsible for the sound. I'm just thinking it's this big kind of joke, you know. And then <laughs> this big party. Yeah. But that's the night I um this is a good story. After that gig, went on the tour bus with um El Goodo and the Furries. El Goodo went off the bus and then I just woke up on this tour bus in London <laughs> thinking, Why am I in London? <laughs> I should be in Cardiff. I'm in London, and they were going. Well, we're we're doing CD UK. Do you want to just come? I was like, okay. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm in CD UK. Like Bono's there, Westlife's there. I'm there, just like worst hangover ever. <laughs> playing fo- playing football with Westlife, and then watching the furries do rings around the world. Um, just stood like watching them, just totally kind of half happy, half horrified with what was happening and uh and out and deck and cat dealing and, and then i just and then i got the train and what was all that one and i saw guitar uh guitar price uh in the summer and that was one of the first things he said he was just uh he was the funniest experience of his life yeah. that's a good story right. that's a good yeah. one yeah, yeah. forgotten about that Wow, that's funny. Imagine waking up at CD UK. That's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) That's brilliant. Like a dream. Some some crazy dream. Yeah. I I did CD UK once. I did. um, I 
maybe more than once in in disguise for with with super furries. Probably not disguised. Probably dressed as a um, yeti or something. Yeah, playing, as you do. Playing timpanies. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I, fa- I found the flyer for the second booby trap birthday party. It says I am two, and uh, it says we've been called the best label in the world by Rolling Stone magazine, uh, which which happened. When did it happen, Baz? For which, what, what, between which releases did we get that? I think it was two thousand and one, and I think it was there was a okay. lot. There was a lot of like pattern of stuff around from like Welsh bands, like for example, Martin Carr. I think Griff Reese would pass stuff. I can't remember, but this journalist had got hold of our releases somehow through someone else. And I'd love the kind of backstory. I don't know, Kerry, you, you might have been involved in this somehow. I, I can't remember. But then yeah. suddenly it just I, I, appeared. I can't remember either. But then suddenly it appeared, this, this like article, and it did that because people, it did say that we were yeah. the best it, label in the world. Or the best singles club in the world, yeah. I think. Was, if, if we're going to be but pedantic best, about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, it's... it's yeah, let's just say best label best in the label. world. No, it said singles club label. It's so random. Yeah. It's crazy. But we dined out on it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, are. I met the nice journalist who s- said that. I met him in Riverside Market with Martin Carr last year, and um, thanked him, and he was really nice. It's nice. For who him, was the it? journalist? What, was what he, you met him? What was he doing what, in Riverside you, Market? I think he, I, I think he was on. Ho- I think he was either on holiday or he lives in Cardiff. I don't remember now. We'd have to ask. Uh, we have to ask Brave Captain. But um, yeah, that definitely happened. Um, oh well, that might explain it then. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. No, no, I think he's board. American. I think he's an American guy. Uh, yeah. Samo Hung. Oh, no, we skipped Watershed. Watershed were good. Look, there's a picture of uh, Watershed playing in club. Yeah. They yeah, yeah, did a yeah. gig with Kentucky AFC, um, Pontypridd Band. Um, we used to hang around with them a lot, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. lovely boys, lovely boys. Um, I think Chris from Watershed lived in our flat, didn't he, Baz, for a while? Yeah, what a lovely bloke he is, Chris. Yeah. And he was in yeah. Kid Crochet as he well. Play, he, he plays football. Ah, yeah, okay. I think he plays a bit of five-a-side football. I see him see him sometimes down at the um, training ground by Cardiff City there, keeping in shape. Okay. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? What are you doing, Kerry? There, having a COVID jab? No, there's a McDonald's close by. He's just getting. <laughs> there's a casino down there. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Just pop into Asda's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but there is a COVID it testing is. by Cardiff City, park. isn't there, Kerry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's the one, you know, the one there, the dome. I, I often see him, I haven't spoke to him down there, but my boy's down there, he plays football training, and sometimes they would come up afterwards, him and his his lot. I think Falkus used to play a bit down there as well, from McCluskey, mm. through the old... Um, yeah, the old musos. Well, let's face it, who isn't a, on the, who isn't an ex-booby trap band? <laughs> you can go anywhere in Cardiff. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Most of Cardiff. Uh, Sam O'Hung, there was a lot of people in Sam O'Hung. Uh, Gemma Roper was the singer. They were brilliant. Yeah, they were brilliant. And they were really, they, they kind of fit in with like um, Martinis and McCluskey yeah, and Cubari, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. They were like grittier yeah. and. Another um, Richard like, Jackson production, uh, that one. 
Right. Yeah. R- Rich, like Rich did journalists all... in the enemy yeah. like them. I, 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 I did all the kind of airy fairy shit, and Rich did all the really sort of hard hitting shit. It was like, right. yeah, I think I think that seemed to be the demarcation on the. Uh, you know, uh, all, all the sort of slightly hippie. Yeah, kind of, uh, probably not intentionally though. Yeah. I don't know. Don't quite know how that would have worked out like that. But but you're right. Yes, yeah. I think just ba- I just all the grittier bands gravitated towards yeah. Rich really. Although I did do the Martini single. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, and Rich is, he's always been really good at that he kind of like because he, he didn't know the cane wasn't yeah. he? And he was like, yeah, he's uh, and I met him when he was first doing Fly Screen back in the day. And, of course. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. Newport grit. Yeah, it's a good man, Richard Jackson. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. He'd come to every booby trap gig, I think, wouldn't he? Well, he used to come to our flat <laughs> a lot, uh, Hugh, and I remember once watching the entire, for three or four days, watching um, Wimbledon with him. Just thought, we thought, I'd just, let's just watch Wimbledon for three or four days. We just watched Wimbledon. <laughs> Those were the, the days. Thing, yeah. I think if there was a beer there, Richard was quite content. Yeah, yeah. I remember having a chat with him once. Rich and I were costing up once on the back of like a napkin. Would it be cheaper to live in the Holiday Inn than rent a flat? (laughs) (laughs) I think we could work out that it was like only like a tenner more a day or something. By the time you saved, you know, bills and rent and stuff, might as well live in the Holiday Inn. But um, didn't happy uh, happy days. Uh, vanities then. Now the Vanities were probably like the eight, most eighties kind of electro band that we released on Booby Trap, weren't they? So one of Baz's one of Baz's calls is Vanities, I reckon, if I remember <laughs> rightly. There was probably a bit of pretension at the time. Yeah, I can't remember. It was like definitely controversial, wasn't it? I think I just found it very funny. I think I just found it so funny that I thought we had to release it. <laughs> Dance you see, that's it. interesting because you didn't find the they darkness find the funny, funny, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you, <laughs> because you had a ruckus with, 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 with uh, Justin Hawkins in the toilets, that's why. You didn't find the darkness funny. Well, I mean, what I remember with the darkness story that you you were slagging off the darkness in the in the toilets at the at the um, to someone else in the toilets at the at the point, and Justin Hawkins was, was was having a dump or something at the time, and heard you <laughs> and heard you and, and, and you know because you said they were a joke band, and he came back <laughs> and, and defended the fact they were not a joke band. Right. Well, well he were, got the last laugh. Uh, well, yeah, they well, winning the Brit Awards, yeah, and it's like you know. I've just found the CD. There you go, right there. Oh, That's the one you were talking no. about, yeah? Oh, no. So what's, what's oh, the story behind this, Baz? Well, uh, so, so we did... I remember... Yeah, what, okay, so yeah, I, come on, Baz, go on. So the, va- so the vanity's okay, but the darkness not. Do you want to sorry. explain uh, So I remember we put a gig on in the point and um, they played and... It was, yeah, just quite a good gig. It was fun. It was summer. And I think small victories were headlining, maybe. I don't know. And then we got hold of this CD, whether or not... I said in the paper, newspaper thing, that the singer gave me the CD. I don't think the singer gave me the CD. Um, I think it... I don't know how we got the CD anyway, but we got the CD. We're back in the office and listening to it. And then 
I think you wanted to release it, you, and I didn't. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you, if you look, I'll, I'll read the three tracks out on here. Right? It's uh, <laughs> Love is Only a Feeling. Oh, no. I, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. <laughs> and Love on the Rocks with No Ice. That was the three songs. So uh, three smashes there with all with love in the title. That's literally Funnily the first enough. three singles. But um, <laughs> I think that's the first three singles, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it, why why did we suddenly feel yeah. like the band that the yeah, AR yeah. guy that turned yeah. down the Don't tell Rob Stringer about that. Mate, yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah, don't tell Rob Stringer this. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't tell don't tell Rob Stringer. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, carry on. Yeah, vanity's not Oh god. I mean, you know, you, you can't everything can't I mean, you know, every, you can't always be you know, you can't always make the right decisions and it's like, yeah. I mean, they were, they were divisive decisions. anyway because they were the darkness. It's like, you know, yeah, that's that's life, Kerry. <laughs> but we released the vanities. We did release the vanities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not didn't quite do the numbers. I do. The numbers, I do. I do, I do really like the vanity single. Though, I do say. I do really like it, and I, and I do think you know I was probably one of the ones who yeah. was uh, pushing for that one because it was a bit out there at the time, wasn't it? It was like. It was. It, it was. Yeah. It was eighties. I know, know there's been a lot of eighties stuff since, but it was like this was like maybe a bit too close to the eighties at the time. I don't think there was a long enough gap <laughs> yeah. between, between the actual eighties. Yeah. Maybe yeah. They, yeah. So maybe the vanity should release more now. They, if they're watching this. They were. They were fun live, weren't they? I remember them playing in the bar fly all the time. One of um, one of Johnny Wynn's <laughs> nights, and um, I just I think it was just a change, wasn't it? Because we were used to bands and stuff, and. Um, we just wanted to put out something different, and then we put out Pepper Pew um, as the seventeenth release, and that I mean, you know, that sums it up, really, doesn't it? So it goes: Samo Hung, The Vanities, Pepper Pew, like Welsh language, Porth Madog Hip Hop, um, who were really exciting at the time, and like that, that uh, eclecticism of the label, like obviously it was just what we liked. It was just bands who were playing. It was like just naturally. The way it was, but one thing I'm proud of looking back, Bootrap, isn't it? Is that um, there's like a lot of Welsh language releases, a lot of English, you know, a lot of English language. It was like multi, it was bilingual, um, and and the bands would play together, and that was like uh, uh, typical of the time, wasn't it? Really, there was a lot of mm. just yeah. people like as long as they and, and there, uh, there was there was never there was never any kind of like agenda for the label it's just like what did we fancy doing that month you know it was ne- it was it was never like you know we've got to think of long-term planning for the label we've got to try and create an identity it's like we can just do what we want to do you know and that and, and that that's what was so refreshing about it I think the difference as well with um, releases is so you're probably like halfway into the second year now and like the first year um I mean, I mean, the practicalities of like putting a band in the studio for every release was very difficult, wasn't it? Because obviously you got the studio costs were going up, you know, um, the time that it takes literally, you know, if you put in like four or five piece bands in studios, the time it takes to do that. So I think by the by by this period now, you're probably looking at like it was probably beneficial to bands to get get a release 
if they'd already had something in the can. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. you know we'd get more like hip hop based stuff, stuff that people could record at home. Maybe we were bringing it to us. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And we and and we were putting stuff out more like that than say the first few months where it was literally like putting the bands in the studio, coughing yeah. up a load of money to to famous yeah. or whatever. Oh, but I but I also I also remember felt then, that yeah. Because I was around a lot in the first year, I could just go in the studio with people because I didn't, obviously I wouldn't charge anything for the label. Then, but I remember getting, because the, the manics had put No Your Enemy, I was starting to pick, and I got management, I was starting to pick up a lot more work, so I wasn't around as much as well in that second year. That's when I was around more, because, so you, <laughs> yeah, because then I quit my job and I was like, yeah, there yeah. then, so it's like, yeah, I was there every day and... When did we move down the bay? That was quite an interesting move because we moved to Douglas Buildings oh, yeah. where the Super Fur Animals yeah. had their studio. It was cool down there. I liked it down And I think that, that was just... It's great. Do you remember Darren, the T-shirt designer who made the nice designs as yeah, well? He had an office. Yeah. And the costume guy, like the theatre costume <laughs> oh, fella. Yeah. Also, Dean and Will uh, had a studio in there, so we had loads of fun with them. And I think, yeah, we released some of Dean's stuff on um, the Stepping... The left direction, I think, as mm. well. And obviously, Dean um, went on to run with the label with me after you lot bailed as well. So, uh, yeah. And the web designers on the on the top floor. Um, what was the name of that? Um, the company who designed some of our stuff as well. They designed a, a website for us later on, I think, or our logo. Yeah, it was a bait. No. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. There's a lot of studios in there. Still a lot of studios. Yeah, Chrissy Jenkins but, had um, a studio in there as well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Is there? It was, it was Chris was the first person in there, and he kind of got everybody in. He not got everybody. He he, he started the ball rolling, and kind of word of mouth got around, and some of the furries got in, and we got our room for a while, didn't we? Um, but I think it was quite early on. I think we were in there for the first release. No, no. Oh right. Oh, I think the famous twenty quid story happened. Um, in Cates. In Cates, oh, okay. driving okay. to yeah. the bay, and I asked to lend twenty quid from Greg, and he said yes. Didn't you share that office with Richard Parfit from the Sixty Foot Dolls? We did. For a bit. He, he rented a bit of space from us, yeah. Because that's that's the we just had to yeah. find an office when Big yeah. Noise but, got knocked down. So, yeah. But the office we moved to down the bay, the Douglas Buildings one, it didn't have a window, it, it, did it? It did, <laughs> but it was it was like tucked away. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. We had like we had we we had like a cabinet oh. in front of it or something. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I just remember being it was cool because we were like all these studios around us and it was like red bricks and yeah. they were like and the offices are still there. Mm. Douglas Buildings down in Cardiff Bay. In fact there's a booby trap still sticker there. um on on the on yeah, the sign now, there. the road I sign. Can't it's still there. Yeah, oh, can someone take a picture of that when you pass it next? Yeah, I do I, I do have one somewhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. That should be the picture for this mm. podcast that everyone's mm. listening to now. It, it probably is by now. Um, so back to the releases. Head test were from Newport. They were good when they head test. Although I don't think they lasted that long. Did they head test? Yeah, the um, I think the head test stuff was done as part of the punky scheme. Remember that when like all this European money started coming into into, and there was there was organisations set up to kind of channel European money into arts funding, and. So, so the punky scheme would like they would right. they would um, like uh, pay for studio time, and I remember a few of the things we did. And the head test was one of them. Was um, they had paid? For, I think we went to Mono Valley and did that. And uh, yeah, it was it was certain. So it was that was all covered by another organisation. Well, by European Monday. Remember Europe when we used to get money from Europe, and uh, yeah, you know, in the good old days of being a European. And uh, all right, Greg. Yeah, so I think that, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> fuck, I, I, I got the fuck out of there. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm already left. Yeah. Oh, good. Have that's we made great. clear that Greg lives in New Zealand? That, Maybe that's we why he's got palm trees behind him. Yeah. I'm in East Dulwich and Greg's got palm trees behind yeah. him. Kerry and I are freezing our asses off in Cardiff. <laughs> the sleet and Phil snow. I Collins and got the fuck out of there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the, sum, the New Zealand summer. That's what I'm enjoying. So. Well, good. I'm very happy for you, Not the New Zealand winter's much worse. Yeah, that's all right, Baz. But I am, I am a lot older than all. As you pointed out in that article. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't the old say people. that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> and, I'm old, and, I, and, and compared to me and Kerry, I'm the old person with me and Kerry. So, oh, so. hang on. Are you t- when you say factual inaccuracies in the Nation Cymru article, do you mean your age? <laughs> Is that what you're on about? No, 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 no. no I, I meant the, the Stringer story where I, I never remember us all going to Rob Stringer's office. I remember going on my own, being shitting myself because I was going to ask Rob for money. But the, the Fulham but, football uh, story is yeah. true, though, isn't it? The, the CD was passed at a Fulham football game. I said, that, that was uh, true. L- Luton. It was passed. No, no it's uh, Luton. Oh, yeah. Luton. Yeah. Was it yeah. Luton? Yeah, Luton's yeah. his team. Yeah, I think Rob was on the board of Luton Town. I That's think. Right, oh, we yeah. can check. Dave Owens, if you listen to this podcast, will you change the article on the Nation <laughs> Cymru <laughs> website about Boob Trap from <laughs> Fulham to Luton? Yeah. yeah. And, and also, can you not mention that, I'm old, that, that me and Kerry are old? Yeah. yeah. Speak great. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, it's all true. Um, it's a good article. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dave. Yeah, um, nice can I say, Baz, the next release, Keys, Girl oh. Next Door, Listen, the Leaves Are Falling. I think that's Great my favourite booby trap single. That is single. my favourite booby trap single as I know math. Math's one of my best friends, and he actually played at my wedding. And and I always used to have this debate with him that, that this is your best song. This is what you should be writing. This is not many people can write songs like this, and this is it. And he seemed to. I was used to get a bit frustrated that he never used to write his songs after that, like that single, which blatantly, it did really well. It. I think Jonathan Ross played it, didn't he, on his Saturday morning show. It was um, oh, yeah. like a really, really yeah, great, great song. Great song. Yeah. yeah. And I f- it felt like we were on a bit of, we hit something with this yeah. when we released the keys. Um, there was always like for me turning points and, you know, perhaps, you know, like some of us might have been away and then we'd get back together and like lots of different things were going on with people's, you were away a lot, Kerry, with uh, mm. touring and then you'd come back and, but it just felt like, we had this run with the keys and Johnny Boy and like I think we kind of finished it quite nicely. Yeah. You know, it was. Um, but that that key single, man, wow. Yeah, that's brilliant. As is Johnny Boy. Like Johnny Boy were just a breath of fresh air, weren't they? Did we hear them through the Manics yeah. and through you, Greg? Did we? Yeah, because well, because da- yeah, da- Davo is has been a Manix on the Manix crew for right. years, and it's a. Uh, you know, it's, he's 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 the, he was the um, I don't know if you ever the legendary story about when he first met met Nick Naismith, the Manic's keyboard player, and who's quite posh, and Davo's full scouse, you know, and it's like, uh, 
um, and and, and um, Nick said to, to to Davo, you know, sort of, you know, um, you know, sort of, you know, uh, some conversation about where 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 he worked, and and Davo goes, ah, oh, Iceland, and 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 Lord goes, I hear, I hear the Reykjavik's beautiful this time of year, and Davo goes, no, Iceland, frozen fish. <laughs> Yeah, the, the class of cultures is always, always quite interesting that one. But yeah, it was Davo. It was Davo from from the Manic's Crew. It was just and it's it's such a brilliant single. And they they the album was really good. I played I played on on the album David Ringer was producing, and and it was like such every track was brilliant. They were they were it's such a unique kind of. It was was it just Davo and his girlfriend? Wasn't yeah, it? it's 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 Lorraine. She um she I was speaking to Lorraine earlier on. So I speak to Davo regularly. He's a good friend, you know, because uh, we've done a lot of touring together and stuff and. Uh, but at that time, yeah, it was a little bit of a hidden thing, the Johnny Boy stuff. He kind of, at first, he would keep it to himself, you know, we'd be working on this stuff on the road and his headphones and that. But um, Didn't James, did James Bradfield yeah. do some work on... on I think J- J- James, James produced the, the Booby Trap single. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but also they did, a, they did a follow-up single called, um, you know... Uh, oh, the Shoes Generation that bought more the shoes, shoes yeah. and you get what you deserve, which is just, like, one of the best singles Which's, ever, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that wasn't the booby trap one, but ours was still pretty brilliant no. as well, <laughs> mate, you know, so... Yeah. Johnny Johnny Marr said it was his favourite record. Uh, a lot of people did. I think it was like mm. some of the, lot of the enemy writers and stuff had it down as um, record of the year for, for that particular year. Mm. Um, again, not ours, the other one, but, yeah, yeah both both great singles, yeah. People always ask me about booby trap. Oh, was it like successful then? People think we made loads of money, and well, we didn't really make loads of money. But what I always say is, whilst commercially it wasn't like a massive raging success, critically it really was. That's yeah. what I always say. Critically, like it achieved. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm. You know, the fact that it, not very much so. Yeah. It really was like we used to get amazing reviews by really well thought of journalists in big publications, pretty much for every release. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Putting the single out was like a celebration in itself. That's why we did the gigs, wasn't it? Like it was our lives, and like you know the gigs in Cardiff and then that community, like getting a Pepper Pew single out or a Watershed single out or whatever. It was like, yeah. oh my god, this is brilliant! I just I loved looking back. I loved it. Why did we stop it after two years? That's what I want to know. I think it was just money, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, there was. There was, there was I, I think it was more. I think it was more time because you were getting. Had you got the Radio One job by then? Yeah, too? before, you... yeah. So that was that was ongoing. Yeah, like commi- work commitments, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was, I, I'd start, I'd started travelling a lot more for production. Like I started, that's when I around the time I started coming to New Zealand to work, and uh, and I, you know I was away a lot. I think Kerry was away a lot. So it was kind of left to Baz to hold the fort, and I think there just comes a point where. I mean, you did an amazing job keeping the label going, Baz, for as long as you did. It was like... Well, that's what we should say. Was, like, um, the, the, the singles that are now streaming, the 24 singles to date, is only part of... There's another 35 after story. that, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, there's albums, there's compilations, there's EPs. But so when are you going to put those online, Baz? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week, I had... I, had a lo- I just want to say that I had a really busy, very, very busy week last week. I don't know how... It, it was like, literally... I don't know what you guys were doing, but... I had a busy week last week and there was a lot of people saying, where are you? And I was nowhere to be found because I was uploading <laughs> stuff. But it's all good. It's all good. So did you find did you find all the, all the singles? Are there any that are missing on there? Is it, or, or are they all on? No, I, I bought... I, yeah, I got them all. I bought them. 
basically yeah. a lot of them and um we've managed to get yeah i think collectively we got because i found a load in the box here and when i went to sort of like to to like to just play them and to upload them they were still in the sealed bags with the sealed we used to seal the bag with the barcode didn't we yeah, I had to break the barcodes on yeah, them. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, Why, these haven't even been opened. They're like virgin singles, you know. I just, yeah, it's crazy. I feel like we should definitely mention uh, the the other the the last four because everyone else has been mentioned. Obviously, Transposer, Kid Crochet, Culprit One, and the last single we released was Small Victories. Go back to bed, America, which is nice, really, isn't it? Because it goes back to the beginning. Yeah, the uh, James yeah, Chant yeah. in both bands. The transposer, transposer single is a really good single, mm. and that was another one. That was another one we did for the Punky Scheme. Yeah, it was very uh, good. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, yeah, it's real good. That that's um, uh, Nathaniel Shelley, isn't it? Burke Shelley mm-hmm. from Budgie's son. Yeah. Ah, okay. Budgie, the first band I ever saw in Cardiff Castle in 1976. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. Why didn't I know that? Yeah, he's he, um, they, that bloody yeah. good. Single that was like I, I what that was one I lit when I was listening back, and that really struck me as one of the highlights actually I think yeah really good. it was a really good yeah that that was a really good end run actually because the culprit one stuff is great as well because I, I really liked James's work and James Hall. I liked I liked James's work so much on that single that I got him to remix a Mel C's track that I did for her single. So he, he he did some work for Melanie that you know, I brought him in because I loved and I played it to, I played the booby trap single to her management and said I'd like to get this guy to do a remix and they got him to do a remix of one of the singles I did with her so and that came directly out of the booby trap single we should we should have put a Mel C <laughs> single out hey Rob we <laughs> practiced yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but yeah that it was yeah. James I loved his work I thought he did some great great. Great work. James yeah. Hammond, and Kid yeah, Crochet yeah. was another James Chant production, wasn't it? As was Small Victory. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we were running out of skis, Steve. Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. Kid Crochet was really nice, and it? it was around the time like the full um, Folktronica stuff was going, like Fortet and all of that, and that kind of fitted into all of that. Um, and uh, and and then obviously Small Victories. So we then you went on to release um, an album by a really good album, Holding On, hopefully. Um, and like it's the Crimea after that. These are all not on the. These are on streaming yeah. yet, but they they will be. Uh, Loka and Slaver, Kentucky FC, Mau Mau's, Boyfriends, Attack and Defend, the Richard James album, Kavi Bach and Tao Shady, loads, loads, loads more. Loads but um, that Richard James album, Baz, is is amazing. Yeah. It's like such a beautiful record. You put some really great, you know. After we all bailed on you, you put some really great records. It's out. like holding. It's like holding the baby. What's the term? I was just like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was um, after you bailed on me, um, I teamed up with my mate Dean, um, who was in the Douglas Building. Uh, um, Douglas Buildings, top, top, top guy, Dean. And he basically, we, you know, we, we uh, got a, another office um, in the building and we went for it. We just um, started signing bands, um, not just Welsh bands, but bands um, across the UK, really. We got a distribution with, um, I forget who it was now, but we got some um, awesome uh, distribution. And yeah, Dean and me were just in the office every day. And I think that lasted for a good few years. We'd drive around the UK. So, yeah, it was kind of good times, really, afterwards. And the Richard James album, um, yeah, Dean was quite instrumental in that um, and worked really closely with him. So, yeah, it was, it kind of, um, yeah, quite quite chuffed with what happened afterwards as well. 
And then putting the CDs last week online felt like a strangely familiar experience. Yeah. 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 You were always the junior member, Baz, you know, yeah. so that, like, as you pointed out in the article, you know, you were the young, you were the young ones. Yeah, that, that article got a, got a nice, nice bit of um, a reaction online, actually, because that's the first thing that's been written about us since it fit. I, mean, I always used to feel, feel a bit frustrated, I don't know about you, that we never really got any of the recognition that perhaps we, not like recognition, but I think mainly that it wasn't documented. So my thing was that we put all this work in, we did all this good stuff yeah. and it wasn't documented. And my worry was that if we didn't get it online, if we didn't do this podcast, if we didn't, that it just got, it needs to be documented properly and then it's done and it's just left to people to kind of listen to and make their own yeah. minds up, you know? Yeah, I mean, people are always surprised, especially when they find out that uh, that that Hugh was a part of it, because obviously, you know, Hugh's involvement in in new bands and and and, and music in the UK in general is you know is, is, is a major a major role in that. So I just think it's really important that all these songs are now streaming and that the history is there because yeah, people yeah. will be hearing these singles for the first time. People who've never heard the Zabrinsky single, all of the singles, um, and so uh, yeah, I'm really glad as well. Twenty years on, that we could. Uh, reunite you guys uh on zoom and um and get all the all the well, singles out there well, do, do you know what the last time we were all in a room together was who's 30th almost 10 years ago that was the last time wow was it when, when did when did we when did we carry the cough when, when oh, did the we coffin. carry the coffin through um <laughs> <laughs> what was that was that at a was that at the death of the singles yeah, club party so was that's it? we yeah. killed off the yeah, singles yeah. So i don't we, remember we, this we, we, we all carried a coffin through. Oh, that is um, so chapter. dark. No, in club it was. We carried. It is. A <laughs> I just totally forgot. So really, can, really. Can we just? Sorry, can we just? Just sorry, <laughs> I'm getting excited now. Deep breath. So, can we just think about this? So, who thought about this? Sounds like a hell idea to me. I I think you're right. I think I'd block this out, but I think we did. We found a coffin somewhere. We bought uh, or hired a coffin. Well, from a funeral parlour, presumably. I guess so. Yeah. Did we take it downstairs yeah, uh, to the bar oh. fly? We yeah. did. We we. No, I thought it was a chapter, but I can't. You know, I remember. I remember all four of us carrying yeah, the uh, through the coffin. bar with all the sort of like theatre goers and stuff looking at us very strangely. <laughs> Hello, fitted in quite well there, didn't it? That's yeah, really fucking dark. That's dark. Yeah. That, that, probably the best. So if, uh, what's your best? Have you got like a favourite kind of moment that defines it for you? The kind of... No. Okay, right, see you then. Um, uh, what's yours, Greg? What's yours? I mean, obviously a lot of the things were like, they're in the studio with the bands recording some of the singles, being recording Freedom of the Highway, or you know, or the Tommy and the Chauffeur stuff, and um, you know, just being in that at the creative side of it was really good fun for me because I always liked that side of it. But just going to the gigs were just amazing. Just going out, getting absolutely trashed, standing around smoking cigarettes when you could still smoke in oh, in, a, in, a, in a bar. It's a different time. And watching then. all these amazing bands, yeah, it, it, it is a different. I mean, think how different the world was then, you know, no streaming, no downloads, everything was physical, everything was kind of much more local when it came to music and, and just, yeah, you could stand in a bar and smoke a cigarette. It was like, 
and watch all these really brilliant bands. And it was just, um, it, it felt, felt we all, it felt like a confident time that was really enjoyable. And, <laughs> and you know, and the, and, and, and the three of you just hanging out with the three of you, it was just like, we had so much fun doing it. I've just found, um, to pick up on Baz's thing about the coffin, right? I've just found a Facebook memory that I found the other day. What happened was, Baz goes, uh, we were in room together last in 2003 when we all carried a coffin through the audience and onto the staging club to mark the end of the singles club. And Kerry goes, it was through chapter, actually, but I'm impressed that you remember any of it. We did, we, uh, if I could just, yeah, I have to just go, if I could say, we did have a lot of fun, didn't we? There was lots of laughs. And that's really Oh important. my God, yeah, because oh yeah. we didn't know what we were doing. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. You know. You, you, you didn't know, you no. didn't know so, what you were doing. So, you know, and so. Me and Kerry knew what we were doing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that's why I want to say thanks to, to all three of you, really, because it was a laugh. And I'm sure anybody who's been involved with the record label would say that that's why that's the best thing about doing it is that it was fun and that it was about like the records and about the music and and you know that's like such a lovely memory and to be able to listen to all the singles again fresh now um is just a real treat so thank thanks thanks to all of you thanks to you here but they feel so timeless now those records it's like it's 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 a joy to put them on and they just stand up now as a, as they did back then well apart from the vanities because like, it still sounds like it was recorded in 1981 still sounds 80s <laughs> 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 well I, I, I guess i better i better get on my day as it's my morning yeah. but but it's it's been a real pleasure to chat with all of you and see you all again and i really hope that i can get back sometime later this year and we can go for an actual beer Kerry and Baz, if you could stay on the podcast so we can actually record the podcast now, <laughs> that'd be lovely. Only joking, Greg. Pop, pop, pop.